everyone. How you guys doing? Welcome to the show. This first segment of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. We're going to continue our discussion on some history of uh, some of the clubs. But first, don't forget to go ahead and pound rock on. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit that notification bell. So, a lot of people ask me who the most important influential clubs are in my opinion again this is my opinion only it's not gospel it's not fact it's none of that it's just an opinion of which clubs i think truly defined what a one percenter really is and there's a lot more than just the 10 on my list there's going to be some honorable mentions and stuff but we're also going to explore a lot of other one percent clubs that uh, contributed to the history of the motorcycle club scene now what makes something important in regards to history of the mc scene i would have to say the age of the club, the trial and tribulations that the club went through during the time that it's been established. A lot of them faced a lot of bad stuff, as we all know, in the 60s and 70s. So that's very important to me, as well as involvement in biker rights. It ain't a popularity contest uh, like most would try to push you towards. I don't think that. I know supporters are going to be like, well, why didn't you mention this or why didn't you mention that? Because there are tons of clubs out there. And these are the ones I really think stood out in my mind. Again, you might have clubs that stand out in your mind. And I welcome you to put those in the comments section also, if they have a link to a website, people can check out. Uh, because there's more out there than the supporters make you think. It's like, I call them cheerleaders. Because no matter what, they're only up on that club. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about the history. They don't care about where the other side comes from. Well, I think that's important for people to know. Because a lot of these club members have put a lot of work into their patch. And there, right there, is the main reason why you find these type of clubs that are upset when others just pop up, throw on a patch. You gotta remember, a lot of these guys in these clubs have done years hanging around, prospecting, going to their nationals, putting into blood, sweat, and tears to earn their stuff. So when you see a new club that uh, throws on, say, the coveted three-piece rocker, and they didn't do nothing for it, yeah, you're going to have a lot of people that are upset with that. And you know what? I get it with your constitutional arguments and stuff like that. It is what it is. If you think you can go back your patch, then go back your patch. If you want to do it uh, the non-traditional way, then go sit down in your backyard because that's about all you're going to do any damn way. Uh, I've always said I don't know why the hell you guys just don't go out there and talk to them. It's a lot more fun if you do it the right way. And you might learn a lot from their gray beards as well as a lot of the history that happened in the scene 
And maybe when you learn the history, you'll understand why tradition is so important about going to the clubs that have been around decades upon decades. That's no small feat. A lot of new clubs won't make it five years. Hell, a lot of new clubs won't make it a year. But you got clubs that have been around 80 years in the 1% uh, deal. Now there's some that are even older than that. You got Yonkers. Come on. You have, what is it, the San Francisco MC, I think it is. I might be mistaken. I don't got the information in front of me, and I'm not a good memorizer. Uh, So what we're going to do is take a look at the clubs. Now, I don't care about the politics here, okay, guys? I don't care who's the best, who's the worst. I don't care about any of that. What I'm trying to show you is clubs that have a storied history, something at the very least you should respect. Especially the ones that just throw their stuff on without going through the traditional uh, way of doing it. Hopefully you learn why that ain't the best of ideals. Again, some of these have been around 80 years. And they've grown all over the world now. That's how much it should show you how good that club really is if they are able to expand worldwide and still have their reputations intact. Nowadays, it's like, okay, let's just expand at wherever. Uh, Let's be hypocrites and take people that we don't need to take or said we would never take. That ain't, you know, that ain't the way, you know, things usually are done. And it's a shame because some of those clubs have storied histories themselves. But because of that, they didn't make uh, what I thought, you know, some influential ones really are about. And that's about brotherhood. It's about riding the motorcycles. It's about taking care of each other, sticking to, you know, by each other's side. Uh, that is the clubs that you'll see the 40 and 50 year old members in. Can you imagine that being around a motorcycle club for 40 to 50 years? There's something special about that person, but more specifically, there's something special about them motorcycle clubs that they're a part of. They're doing something right, I can tell you that. So, I'm going to go down my list real quick. Again, I don't care about your politics. That's not what this shit is about. It's about the history. So, the oldest 1% club is the Outlaws Motorcycle Club, 1935. Notice I said 1%er club. An outlaw club. It had nothing to do with uh, you know the AMA ones or any of that that started up. Uh, no disrespect to them, but uh, these were the outlaw clubs, and this is the oldest one. Is the outlaws 1935? That is freaking huge. 
Uh, and again, I'm going down through the history of each club in different videos and stuff. But this is kind of an overview. They used, they started out as the McCook Outlaws. McCook. Out of Matilda's Bar on Old Route 66 in McCook, uh, Illinois. That's just out of uh, Chicago. Right outside of Chicago. It's not far from it. To start up in 1935, the motorcycles, man. Just go look at uh, Harley's history. And look at the motorcycles that were, were around in the 30s. And the events that they probably uh, took part in, like racing and hill climbs and stuff like that. And there's a cop, uh, a picture of their initial patch back in the 30s. 46, uh, you know, the club stayed together, but World War II hit. <laughs> and... Most of the club scene shut down during World War II because everybody was over there serving. So, 46, the first uh, major post-war motorcycle event was held at Soldier's Field. So, I don't want to give you a lot of the history because I'm going to do these separate. And these are in no particular order, guys. You know, I'm going from oldest up. And some of it might be out of sync, uh, but these are the ones I know that are old. Then you got the Hells Angels. We did a coverage of them in a separate video already. The Hells Angels were started from a guy who left off the pissed off bastards of Bloomington. They were also the pissed off uh, bastards of Bloomington. They were at Hollister and stuff like that. But one of their members left and started uh, what was to become known as the Hells Angels. Uh, everybody worldwide knows the Hells Angels. They're all over the place. Uh, it's uh, like I always say one of the reasons for the protocol stuff is the civilians don't know the difference between the clubs. You know, if you ask a civilian, well, who was that club over there? They're going to say the Hells Angels because that's what they know. They've been in the media a lot. Uh, they've had some movies uh, made about them. They've even got a documentary, uh, Hells Angels Forever, uh, that's where you meet Vinny and stuff with the ice cream. Uh, so they got a lot of attention through the media, and they were also the first club to be Ricoed in 1979. So that is the Hell's Angels. Now, another big one, and this ain't the oldest one. Like I said, it's going to be out of order a little bit. The Bandito's Motorcycle Club. They are huge down south and southwestern. They also have a storied history. Uh, they were started by Don Chambers in 65. They also have a racing team, you know, a drag racing team. Uh, they're also the ones that have been dealing with a lot of profiling down in Texas since the Waco uh, Twin Peaks. 
and that's something that has to give you pause. Because you look at the clubs just that I did so far, Outlaws, Angels, and now the uh, the Banditos. And law enforcement's been all over them forever. Again, especially in the 70s and now today in Texas. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it was uh, established in 66, which is, what, a year or two after the Vietnam War? Anyway, uh, Don... Uh, Chambers started it, and again, we'll go through more history when we go that way. Uh, the next one up on the list is the Sons of Silence. I covered that in uh, yesterday's uh, video, but for those who haven't heard that one, they were founded in Colorado in 66 by Bruce the Dude Richardson. Also, uh, Leonard Lloyd uh, Reed, also known as J.R., he was very instrumental in setting up the COC where clubs come together and try to talk. You know, you got everybody out there, that's the thing nowadays. We all have to get along or this or that's going to happen. Well, it's been going on since 86, I believe. Next one up, and this is off of, because I couldn't find any websites for them, onepercenterbikers.com. That's the Iron Horsemen out of Cincinnati, Ohio. They were uh, established in the 60s, and they're not the same ones uh, that are in Australia. And the what? What is it? There is an also uh, Iron Horseman, and uh, that's in '69. But that operates within; they're not related. Uh, but this was one that uh, formed in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, there ain't no. He don't have any other details on how the patch was or how the club was founded. And guys, if you're in any of these clubs and I'm missing something. Shoot me at an email at info at uh, insanethrottlebikernews.com and let me know what you got on the club history and I'll make sure that it is out there. So that's another one. And you notice I have this thing for Midwest clubs. And that's because I think they just do things different. They're uh, more blue collar, if you will. And... They really keep to the tradition. So, yeah, you might see me hit a lot of Midwest clubs. But, again, I got everybody else out there as well. Next one has to be the Mongols MC. They were established in 1969. You notice a trend here is a lot of these clubs are decades upon decades old. And a lot of them with the exception of the AOA and the 81 and uh, the Goose and stuff like that that we'll cover were mostly out of the 60s. Now, according to the website, uh, Montebello, is, uh, it was started in East L.A. Uh, the mother chapter was formed with uh, 15 members and it started developing there. Uh, one of the biggest things, and a lot of people say, is that it started because the 81 weren't allowing Hispanics or something like that. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this one. 
Uh, but it does go and say the majority of the new members were ex-Vietnam veterans returning from the re- uh, recent war. And that's what you're going to find with a lot of these because the scene you see now actually came out of the Vietnam vets. They're the ones that established what you see now. It was them guys that had to really deal with some stuff back then. Uh, But the Mongols are worldwide as well. Uh, Of course, it has the Genghis Khan deal, but we'll be again doing history on these clubs and individual videos. Now, another one uh, many people probably do not know, and that's the breed. And one of the reasons why I put the breed on here is because they're a very small club, but they're hardcore to the bone, the breed. They were started in uh, New Jersey in 65. They later moved the headquarters to Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm not going into the rival stuff. Uh, The club expanded significantly uh, around 83 when it attempted to patch over other 1% clubs. Uh, As far as their patch, there is a United States flag on it, but the 13 stars in a circle and the 13 red and white stripes, uh, they represent the 13 chapters that once existed uh, with the club. Very small club, but hardcore freaking 1% club, man. Hard freaking core. Uh, Again, I'll be uh, researching their stuff, but if you want, there's other information out there about them. Uh, A lot of people would have said, wait, well, who the hell are they? Well, you want to look them up. Hardcore Brothers, man. Then, of course, one of the famous ones, the Galloping Goose. Yes, the Galloping Goose. They were founded in Los Angeles in 42 and were not an official club until 46. But they do have a long history dating back to the Hollister Rally. Everybody knows about Hollister. And they were an actual race team which a lot of these clubs came out to, as you notice, uh, they wear a one-piece patch, and where later, where the outlaw clubs used to cut them up in a three-piece patch, uh, but they're going to be a very interesting history lesson. Uh, and you know what? I cannot mention uh, Galloping Goose without the El Foresteros uh, Motorcycle Club. Another another freaking storied freaking club they uh started out of sioux city uh by tom fugel and harlan uh tiny bauer and tom was a kick-ass freaking chopper builder man he was hardcore man with the choppers uh Let's see, uh, their model, uh, they also got a one, per, or, uh, let's see here, uh, one-piece patch. Uh, they have uh, the monkey bars, it says. Uh, it means the outsider in Spanish. So them two, uh, as far as I know, go hand-in-hand, hand, man. They be actually shared clubhouses and stuff. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, they have the set of ape hangers known as monkey bars, which are popular bar choice for some uh, custom choppers. And there is a deal with uh, Tom Fugel. Uh, He was invited to the Builder Series in 2014. Go over to YouTube and check that out. 
good little deal about him, man. You know, these are guys that are, you know, work with their hands. They have a no bullshit attitude type of deal. Very interesting stuff on their background. Uh, but we will uh, cover them as well. All these we're going to be covering. So this is just my top 10 list and, uh, you know, honorable mention ones. Uh, the next one has to be uh, the Invaders. The Invaders, most people don't know because, again, they're a small club, but they stick together hardcore. They're a real story club. Uh, let me get you the when they started out and stuff like that. Uh, again, 1965, and this was in Gary, Indiana. And yeah, I know I'm on the Midwest clubs and stuff, uh, which you guys are probably going to yell at me. You guys always do. Uh, but Northern uh, Indiana is their bottom rocker. Uh, they are the ones with the trademark white uh, vests. And their middle is the Green Monster. So that was the that's Invaders out of where they started was Gary, Indiana. Then you have the Warlocks uh, that were in Florida. They started out in 67. And they got chapters uh, on the East Coast as well. Uh, it says Canada, England, Germany. I haven't verified that. Uh, they are not related to the ones that were out of Pennsylvania, guys. So, you know, this is the Phoenix one. Uh, let's see here. This one was actually uh, founded, uh, the story of the Florida-based Warlocks goes that 13 men were on the board of uh, the USS uh, Shangri-La uh, aircraft carrier in 67 on an eight-month tour. They all had a uh, passion for riding uh, motorcycles, and they started uh, the club on board the ship, which is pretty cool. Uh, they decided on the Warlocks' name and stuff like that. We actually did... A let me get here, see if he has it. Yes, he is. There's Grubb. Uh, he was Tom Grubb Freeland, uh, the founder of the Warlocks, and we actually have a deal with him on our video library over on YouTube where we talk about him. And then finally, uh, the Bagos Motorcycle Club. They're out of San Bernardino and Cali in 65, and they're also known as the Green Nation. They also have a one-piece patch. So, you know, one-piece, two-piece, three-piece, you got to really research the club to know if they're a one-piece or whatever, in uh, a one-percenter club. You know, that's one thing people don't do is do the research. But that was out of 65. Uh, they were founded by a group of members who had returned from World War II. So you'll see a lot of these clubs were formed right when they came home from the military because they wanted that camaraderie. They wanted to, to keep on going. One thing that has upset me in recent days is the denial of the permit to use the Pentagon parking lot for Rolling to Remember, or it used to be called Rolling Thunder. There was no reason to deny that permit. 
there was other groups like BLM and all that stuff were able to march. But for our biker brethren and sistren not to be able to honor our veterans is sickening to me. I'd have to say more than half of the bikers out there have served our country, and especially club guys. A lot of these clubs, again, were started by veterans. You had the Banditos, you had uh, the Warlocks, the Vagos, and on and on and on. It's just a sad state of affairs when you hear something like that. It reeks of hypocrisy, and it shows the disdain that a lot of people in America have for our soldiers, especially Vietnam. Vietnam, that was a freaking, it was, it was almost a sin what them people did to our Vietnam veterans. And they wonder why some of these vets went on to found some of these hardcore clubs with an attitude against authority. Because they were over there fighting because their country told them to. And I don't care what you say about the Vietnam War, uh, why it was started, any of that stuff. I'm talking about the men. Okay, screw that politics shit. The men who served there. Kaysan, man. The Mekong. Give me a break, man. This was hardcore stuff over there. And they had to come home to hostility from the American public. So you wonder why they joined others like them and started these motorcycle clubs. Because it was people they were comfortable around. It's people they knew had the same ideology as them. Something a lot of uh, citizens nowadays don't have. It's always about they're out for themselves. So this is just a my list, okay? I'd like to see your list. Put it in the comment section. But these are some of the clubs I really think that did a lot for the scene as a whole. Again, you might not support one or the other because you're tied up into some political stuff that you're not even a part of, that you're not even in the club with, but you're a supporter, and I get it, that's what you do. But everybody from the outlaws all the way down the line until the later clubs came in the 60s, have a lot to contribute to this scene. And they all do, you know what, they all deserve respect, which it don't matter what aisle you're on, or what side of the aisle, or what side of the fence you're on, they all deserve that respect, because they lasted this long, and they put up with so much bullshit from authorities, it's pitiful. They're the ones who have to live it every single day with this people not liking them just because of who they're a part of. So, 
what you guys think about uh, my top 10 and some honorable mentions right there. Again, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe the video, as well as join us right now, man. I'm going to have China Dow coming in. We go over to MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com uh, for the second half of Motorcycle Madhouse uh, Morning Mayhem. Have fun until about 9.30 again. That's MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com. I'll see you guys over there. If I don't see you guys that are watching this video over there, talk to you Monday. Every once in a while, we just have to say it. Focus. That's what I was thinking. Focus. Whatever. People do vote for radio stations. Radio stations. If you want modern rock. WMMR DB Rockford. Man, how you guys doing? Second half of the show, Motorcycle Madhouse, Money Mayhem. It's Friday, baby! Oh, man, I'm happy as hell right now. Uh, looking to go and uh, riding on Sunday with the China Dow and stuff like that. Hopefully, she don't fall off the bike on accident. Uh, but uh, how you doing, my China? I'm always, I always look forward to seeing you in the morning. And then later on in the day, it's like, get the fuck away from me. Later on in the day, it's called try right after we get off air. <laughs> Okay, now get out of my studio. Yeah, that's get, about get what out. I say, don't I? Yeah. I sit here, I try to talk to you after, and you're like, okay, bye. Go make me food. Yeah, you know, you got to make your husband food, man. So I do. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's always good, but so, I So, you know what? The mask mandate is gone for I those that are vaccinated. Still wearing mine, thank you very much. Well, yes, I believe you should over at uh, your work, but I'm <laughs> just wondering how that's going to you know, affect all the jobs and stuff like that. Did you see Biden's tweet? He thinks he's a fucking dictator. <laughs> no, I missed it. Either uh, get vaccinated or wear a mask. You're telling the American people that? Ouch. Yeah, that's a dictatorship. Yeah, it is, because there's no law that people have to get vaccinated. It's a choice. Right. It is a total big choice. But now they're saying, hey, you know what? You don't do it. You got to wear a mask and stuff. Uh, I think there's going to be a bum rush at your work now of people saying, hey, I'm vaccinated. I don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is if they're regulars, I know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. Because they, they were stupid enough to tell us. So, you know, if they're not regulars, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I, I guess we can't fight with them. Corporate tells me stop fighting with customers. <laughs> a lot of people are saying that it was a political decision because uh, poor Dementia Joe, he's uh, he's got a lot of problems right now this week. He got that war about to happen uh, out in Israel. And then the inflation has gone skyrocketing, man, 4%. That's if you guys don't know what inflation is, that means you're getting less for your dollar. Yesterday, I went to fill up my motorcycle. Oh, the look on your face! And I only put premium in there. Yep, it's four fucking dollars a gallon. I almost shit. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell just happened here?" I was paying two bucks for premium freaking in January. I know. <laughs> so inflation is really killing us right now, and 
inflation goes up as the government keeps on spending that's the reason why you want to make sure that your debts in you know order and it's almost at 30 trillion dollars right now and it's just gonna get worse man because they're talking about a four trillion dollar infrastructure bill and it's like dude you, you keep on spending we're gonna be paying some money next thing you know it's gonna be six dollars a gallon at the gas pump but it was funny when i pulled up and seen that wasn't it it was because when you said how much it was i actually had to look at the sign going no, it's not. I'm like, oh, damn, he uses premium. My well, bad. Well, in the motorcycle, I use the premium. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 it says 319. Only a China doll, man. Only a China doll. I had a blonde moment. And you, and you work at the fucking place. I know, and I'm the one that always has to adjust the gas prices when I go in. Cause Is it every day that it goes up or down? No. Usually only once a week corporate calls and says, here's what you raise your prices to. And mind you, that lady that calls, she's got to call 50 gas stations in one day. Well, you know, I get it. And all of us go up in different pricing, too, because it depends on the town. Right. So, yeah. that's It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And I know I always yell at you. I know. What about groceries. You know, she likes going to the Walmart. I was like, you know what? There's a fucking Aldi right across the street. Go to Aldi. That's what I like. Nah, it's the same price there. You know what? What I'm going to have to do is grab her by the fucking hand. You know, that's the reason why I married her, because I don't want to use my own hand when I have to jerk off. Uh, And take her to the Aldi store and see if this is true. I don't but like I'm kinda, it. But I'm kind of... It is what it is. You don't like it. Why don't you like it? I don't like Aldi's. Why? Because I can't get, you know, our son's stuff there. So it's like I don't want to have to make two trips to two Oh, places. so you'd rather play, pay more money. Okay, no, now I, I gotcha. No, because I look at the prices of stuff and I always buy generic. Call it on. don't matter at Walmart. Generic's really not generic. That's why you go to Aldi. Aldi's gross. It don't matter. I don't like it. Oh, bullshit, you don't like it? Do I you? don't, well, I guess I can't say I don't like bagging my own groceries, because guess what? I do that at Walmart, too. <laughs> Why don't you just be a bagger, girl? I want to be a door greeter. A door greeter, huh? At Walmart. You know what? All <laughs> these jobs out there they're complaining about, you still haven't got freaking, uh, what's going on here with you? What? Is your resume sucking what? My resume is good. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> My resume is good. I'm. I just nobody wants me. Nobody wants the China Dow, huh? Nobody wants me to work for them. <laughs> I wish you'd get a home uh, uh, type of job. I'm working on it. I'm trying. You're trying, huh? Yeah. I actually looked up some last night about at some places that are temporarily at home but you got to keep in mind if the mask mandates lifted these temporary at home jobs are probably not going to be at home jobs anymore i don't think so man i think uh the company actually saves money with the employees not coming in and i think they set a trend off where people say you know what i want to work from home you know they've been doing it over a year so why would they want to change it you know call centers and stuff i believe should be a, a at home any damn way yeah. Instead of having to go in and do all this dumb shit. Yeah, that's one thing I don't want that job. I do not want to be calling people at dinner time. 
No, not, that's telemarketing. I'm talking about a call, call center when they call in and say, you know what, some I got a problem with my internet. Some call centers do make outgoing calls. Well, then, you know, you don't go get a place like that. I want to... How about a bill collector? Should I be a bill collector? Dude, I'd knock you in the mouth just I'd for that. I'd be calling you. Yeah, right. All day. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'd be calling myself. You owe this hospital. <laughs> be so, like, I don't care. So, uh, you know what? It's funny. We even have to talk about this, but how do you think it's going to go now with no masks? Because you know even the people that aren't vaccinated are going to come in and say they are. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not. I think it's either everybody wears one or nobody wears one. Interesting. I think it there there should be no halfway. Mhm. What what the hell's the difference? Because people are just going to lie anyway, so why not just lift it all together? You know what? I totally believe that, and I totally don't believe in what Dementia Joe had to say about either you wear either you get vaccinated or wear a mask. It's like, dude, who are you trying to be, a tough guy? Dude, you got freaking Alzheimer's. Dude, we can push him over with a finger. Right. Bink. And he's just going to fall mm-hmm. or fall asleep, one of the two. I don't mm-hmm. know. And now Illinois is going, what's the next phase for Illinois? Phase five. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's like the end of June or something. So what's that mean? I don't get it. That in phase five, all the masks are done. He wants to, this is the bridge to phase five. This is the bridge to uh, To phase phase five. five? Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I don't get the point. Seriously, it's either you don't you wear them or you don't wear them. This halfway thing is freaking ignorant. It just causes confusion. Not just confusion, but it's going to cause arguments in places of business because you know because of HIPAA, you cannot ask for proof. Right. Not. I mean, not a company like ours. Maybe an airline or something like that. You can. Hmm. But you know, because I think they're still trying to push that mandate for being vaccinated to be on an airline. Right. I haven't heard anything about it, but I'm sure they're still trying to push that. But I don't see a small company like ours being able to push wearing a mask. Hmm. You know, because even our company's fucking stupid. One minute they're telling you you can't, you cannot serve anyone that comes in without a mask on. A week later, then they send another email saying, "Oh." Um, we've had complaints, so there's no more arguing with customers if they don't wear a mask. I'm like, all right, first you don't want us waiting on them. Now you're saying don't argue with them if they're not wearing one. So I gave up completely on yelling at people when they came in. Um, you need to wear a mask. I, I don't even care. Well, you know what's uh, funny about this whole thing? I was doing some research. Remember SARS in 2004? Yes. It had a 15% kill rate. We didn't wear a mask. Nope. Now, you had COVID-19 come along, and there's a 1% fatality rate, and we have to wear a mask. That's ass backwards, if you ask me. It's completely ass backwards. Now, if you look at, comp- at businesses, 90% of the businesses in our area have signs saying, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. Mm-hmm. So does that mean everybody can just continue to ignore that sign? <laughs> because they've been ignoring it since day one. Well, to each their own, man. They yeah. want to take a risk with this stupid-ass virus, then they take a risk. My question is, uh, for those that are vaccinated, do they have to have a booster in a year? Yeah, you know what's funny? When we went for mine, uh, I asked. 
I did not get an answer. They wouldn't even answer you? No. I go, so is this my exact question right before she stuck me in the damn arm like stuffed pig was, do I have to do this again every year? And then she goes, okay, you're done. Go have a seat for this like, dude, minutes. what the fuck did I just ask you, Jack? You're a nurse. You're supposed to tell me these things. She didn't answer. You know what? I really think we're probably going to have to take a booster every year. Kind of like the flu shot and shit. Because of all the variants that come out. See, with the flu, they guess what variant it is that year that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, so if you get the flu, they're like, well, yeah. It was just a guess. Di- it was a different strain. You know, why can't they make a vaccine that has all the variants in there and shit like that? And that way you don't worry about it. Because the flu changes every year. Well, yeah, you put all the freaking variants in there and boom, shoot me up, Jack. Well, I'm sure every year a new flu happens. (laughs) You know, they've been going after that Fauci, that little fucking twerp, man. That little ogre looking little motherfucker. You know, he's a lying piece of shit, man. He's a special kind of special. You're damn right he is, man. He lied. They freaking uh, back-channeled our taxpayer dollars into the Wuhan laboratory, which I think was released on purpose because of the political atmosphere at the time. So they bankrupt what was going on here in this country. They bankrupt all these people that are having a hard time. But, you know, finally... Finally, you know how you can make more money on unemployment than you can uh, working, right? Yep. Well, they're finally saying, you know what? You got to provide proof you're looking for a job. You know, with all these companies screaming and yelling, hey, 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 we need uh, workers here. Hmm. Now they're finally starting to wake up and say, you know what? Enough's a freaking enough, man. Well, that's because all these businesses, there's a lot of businesses going out of business not just because of COVID, but now it's because of lack of employees. Mm-hmm. You know, if I tried everything this past year to get fired because <laughs> I wanted to be one of the ones sitting on unemployment, but it didn't work, damn it. Didn't work so good for you. No, I guess I wasn't bitchy enough. Well, it happens. Yeah. Uh, this Sunday, though, we're going to have a fun time. Yes. We're going to go out on the bike. We're going over to the campground, checking out the campground for the... For the Rumble. Rumble in the Woods. Ah. That's the July 23rd through the 25th for our throttle members. Yes. Uh, Greg is going to be joining us, and we're going to be planning a route, all that kind of stuff. I think we're going to leave the campground and end up in uh, Monroe, Wisconsin. Because so I can get ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, you want the ice cream. Well, it's a historical... uh, inner circle stuff it's like a soda fountain like in the 1950s i know it's awesome it is awesome you know you have to have your uh, mint chocolate chip yes so we're gonna be uh doing that sunday and uh i think it's gonna be a good time i really do holy hell you actually remembered my favorite flavor of ice cream. i always remember your what? favorite flavor you know i might not you know care about your other shit but uh you're gonna it, remember my favorite <laughs> ice cream i'll remember that because then you know when you come back and say you know you don't know nothing about me i say hey you you like mint chocolate chip <laughs> you're gonna just go with that i'll just go with that <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Okay, but how do I like mint chocolate chip? In a cone, a cup, a waffle cone, what? A waffle cone. How many scoops? Two. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) 
See, I'm not an asshole all the time. You're right. Two scoops and a waffle cone. Two scoops and a waffle cone is what I say. And I don't care how small my stomach is, I force myself to finish that whole damn thing. <laughs> Do you know what? One of the businesses I've always wanted to start. Ice cream? In a small town. Yeah, well, yeah, ice cream. <laughs> but one of the old 40s and 50s soda fountains. Oh. That would be cool as hell, man. How about we gut out a trailer and make a diner? <laughs> okay, you know what? Put your blonde moment aside. What? Like the you old. You can't do that with the freaking. Uh, you're talking about a uh, uh, freaking train car. Yeah. That's not a trailer, dummy. Well, it looks like a fucking trailer. You okay. are dumb. I know. Sometimes you are just plain I stupid. Think I want to. I want to go to one of them old-fashioned diners. Anybody got one by them? I don't know. That would be. But we're in a small town. I think it would be an awesome idea. A nice little soda fountain. Well, we got in this town. We've got that dairy. We've got the dairy house. The guy makes all his own ice cream. Yeah, but that's not a soda fountain. No, and his ice cream is super expensive. And it sucks. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go to our first music break right now. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should freaking uh, wake everybody up with some Pantera. What do you think, man? Just get it crazy and going nuts, huh? Um, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. You ever wear one of the old Pantera t-shirts? I think no. you look sexy because you cut all your shit up like it's 1980. I don't wear Pantera shirts. The only sh- uh, the only concert shirts I ever wore was Ozzy. That's it? Yeah, because I stole them from my brother. You're an idiot.
Bet you guys are awake now.
is, I love two hard cocks. I like to have one fucking me and I like to suck one off while the other one's fucking me. And today I'm having two of my very favorite friends come over and they're gonna be eating my pussy and I'm gonna be sucking them off. Mmm, I can hardly wait. They should be here any minute. Suck it. Suck it deep. Suck it. Suck it deep. Suck it. WMMRDB Rockford, where you can always get your freak on. Suck it. Oh yeah, baby, this coming week on our history roll, if you guys haven't seen the message yet on our social media pages, we have officially changed our format at Insane Throttle Biker News, and that is, we're going to be concentrating on the history of the scene as well as biker rights issues, uh, cases, the whole nine yards. Uh, if you want to get uh, biker news, you can go over to Black Dragon stuff. You still can see it over on HarleyLiberty.com. We're just going to be going in a different direction here because I've been enjoying it. A lot of other people have been enjoying this format. So uh, coming up, we're going to be uh, talking about the oldest motorcycle club still in existence. And this is next week's programming. Uh, who built the first motorcycle and what year it was built. Very interesting stuff. Uh, the genesis of the modern motorcycle club. One of my favorites is American Flat Track Racing and Motorcycle Hill Climbs. And then the seven hardcore women's motorcycle clubs. The one with the America Flat Track Racing. I'm going to go take China Dow out to the big hill, man. We're going to do a little history around uh, that hill climb spot. I think you're really going to enjoy the new format coming at you guys uh, on Insane Throttle. A lot more information out there other than just what's happening uh, here or there. Uh, I just believe it's a better direction and more helpful to the community. Community. Now, now that we're talking about COVID-19 and how, uh, and later on we got Scientology, I'm going to bang on a little bit, and jealousy in a relationship, what yeah. causes it and stuff, because mm-hmm. uh, you are a jealous bitch. Anyway, yeah, uh, you know, to finish that off, uh, there's a lot of, uh, and we pay for this stuff out of our pockets, yeah. there's a lot of welfare fraud out there. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. and you know, one of the reasons why this came to mind is because of your story the other day about uh, the wigger coming in, <laughs> acting all stupid, and says, you know what, just put it on my link card. I got me some link. Got you some link. He goes, I got me some link. I'm going to get some stuff on my link. <laughs> and what the problem with that is... Us as taxpayers, and we pay a lot of taxes, don't we? <laughs> we pay a lot of fucking taxes. Mm-hmm. We pay for that type of stuff. Uh-huh. And when you hear about a guy like that just throwing around Link like it ain't nothing, it's like, really, dude? People, other than you, bust their ass every morning for that money to be given to you. Yep. And to misuse it like that pisses me off. Well, what cracks me up is, like, a lot of people come into the gas station and use their link card for energy drinks. 
I'm sorry, but there should be some method to this world because I don't think you should be able to get energy drinks uh, on Link, but... Keep that thought. By the way, Pinball, you might want to watch out. Freaking uh, Rubik's might get excited by that picture of you in that kilt. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. We're getting a lot of kilt people in here. I'm getting scared. Uh, maybe I need to get one, huh? So I'd be oh the popular God. guy. Somebody send Hollywood a fucking kilt. I'd be a popular guy. He wants to be one of you all. I'd let my balls hang out. I'm staying above the table then. Thanks. There you go. Mm. But anyway, back to our topic here. Yeah. Uh, they claim there's six ways that fraud can take place, and that is misusing resources for personal gain. I remember back in the old days when it wasn't a card where you actually got cash. Coupons. 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 And what they would do is sell the coupons at half the base value for cash. Yep. And that was one of the way, that was all over Chicago. Well, people are now selling their link cards, too. They are? Yeah. Yeah, they sell their link cards. Like, let's say, here's an example. You get 300 on your link card. Some people are selling the link card for even, for that exact amount, or they'll sell it for half the amount. And then what will happen is, is the person whose card it was originally will give it some time and then report that the card got lost. So then technically the person who he, who he or she sold that card to will get ripped off. Because they will, if the card was lost, they, so basically, they cancel it. Basically, what they do is you get a monthly deal on that card. You get a monthly deal. So yeah. they'll sell the card for whatever each month. Or do they sell it out in whole? Say, you know what, I'll give you a, a year's worth of link for 1500 or $2,000. Probably is going to be dependent on the amount they're guaranteed. And next life. thing you know, a couple months later, they call it and say it's... Uh, it, it got lost. It got lost. They get a new one and keep the scam going. Yep. Do you got a lot of those that come in? No, but I have a lot that... I have I have like a handful of customers that have multiple link cards. Uh-huh. You know, like this one guy that comes How do they in. have multiple link cards? I have no idea. This one guy that comes in, he has three. So I think that means there must be three adults in the house that are all getting Link. Uh-huh. And maybe that's a form of paying for their room and board. Wow. Uh, another one is seeing dead people. I've seen this happen. Mm. Basically, they go to the cemetery, get the information, because without any cemetery... You can go and get social security numbers, anything you want. Mm -hmm. And they use that to get benefits started up again. Or you can, you know, dead people, a lot of them vote in Chicago. I know. <laughs> they vote a lot in Illinois. <laughs> so when, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, die, you're still getting shit. That's true. <laughs> So there's a lot of ways that uh, in these times people are making a little extra buck here and there. Well, and I know I've seen a lot uh, at the gas station. Uh, kids are getting link cards. Mm -hmm. uh, they're different. They d look different than the uh, actual link card in Illinois. Uh, but there's kids, and I think it's kids whose parents are on public mm -hmm. assistance. So the parents get a link card, and the kids get one with a specific amount on it. And mind you, these kids are coming in, getting energy drinks. So they're just selling all kinds of our money. 
Yeah. They're just giving it away to people that don't need it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, then you got ones that have multiple families living in a house just so they can get a higher amount of food stamps. Like, we our receipts print and shows you the balance on there. And I am shocked by how much money some of these people get for food stamps. Wow. Anyway... Let's get on to some uh, other subjects here. Next. Uh, you know what? We live a lifestyle. Uh, and one thing I never understood about you. What? Is why do you get jealous? Because I have to be the center of fucking attention. It ain't always about fucking Hollywood. So, there. And it's not so much that I get jealous. What it is, is if you're going to do something, you're supposed to tell me, not just go do it. Well, yeah. And you always epically fail and don't tell me. That's because my ass. After the fact or like in the club when we had the swingers club, I would walk in on it and be like, what the fuck? I'm pumping here. Get out. (laughs) I'm like, I guess I'm going to go get me some now. (laughs) I I see how it is. But, you know, people that are in, you know, relationships like ours, jealousy is a huge part of it. I never understood jealousy, actually. I never have. No. Uh, but some people, you know, some of these psychiatrists and stuff like that say it's because of their self-esteem or their past experiences. Uh, you know what? I think women are a lot more jealous than men. Sometimes. Well, I will say, I will say in the beginning when we first started our, you know, swinger lifestyle, open relationship, however you want to work that, however people want to word it, um... I had a lot of insecurities because of past relationships because I was always cheated on. Mm -hmm. Always cheated on. Plus, you were naughty once, and so, you know, I always worried. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I got over that eventually. Okay, well, enough about us. You know, I know I I like talking about me all the time. I know. Uh, But most relationships do have this problem. Yeah. Even if they've been together 30 years, they still get that way, and I don't understand well, why. Even, and, and and they don't even have to be in the lifestyle that we lead to be that way either. Like when the, the guy or the girl goes to the bar. When, when you come back. That has to be one of the when biggest you, ones. When you're coming back, who are you going with? Who are you meeting there? You, you sure going to be back on time? And then when they're not back on time, oh, bam. What are you doing? Were you cheating on me? Who are you with? <laughs> I hear that shit all the time. <laughs> you do? Oh, God, all the time. He went out to the bar last night, and he was a half an hour late coming home. I don't know who he was with, but he was doing something. I just know he was. <laughs> I just laugh. I'm like, whatever, you're stupid. So he's late. Big deal. He's and probably that, having yeah, fun. And that kind of stuff leads to a lot of inner uh, marriage uh, problems. Yeah. That's where the fighting comes and all that type of stuff. Uh, the the one thing that's really big in the relationships where fights uh, happen is over money, financial. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is jealousy. Jealousy can kill a freaking relationship in a heartbeat. You better have some good open communication. Like, I don't know how many times I've said that shit. Mm. That's, that's like the biggest key is open communication. By the way, a public service announcement, save a life. A blowjob a week can lower a man's risk of heart disease, according to Dark Soul. But anyway, getting back to it, do you consider a blowjob cheating? No. Why? 
Because I ain't getting any, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who fucking cares? It's just a blowjob. Right. I mean, you know, whatever. When's the line crossed, you think? Sex. Like, sticking the penis in the vagina! <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the line's crossed when that happens. Sex. Flat so, out sex. Do you think a bar... Uh-huh. Is the central- but you're asking my opinion, and this is <laughs> different than what other people would be thinking. Do you think a bar is really the central place where the women really get worried? Yeah. Compared to if the guy was just going, say, bowling. Yeah, I don't think the women really give a shit if they're going bowling. What is it about a bar? I, I don't know why, because the same sh- there's a bar and a bowling alley. <laughs> shit can happen there too. Yeah, but you know, you know what I mean. Why is the bar the center of attention? Yeah, because why is that the place where everybody fears their other significant have you, others? Have going? you seen how women dress when they go to the bar? It's not like they're out there in sweatpants and a hoodie. <laughs> I have. I don't know. I don't. Go you to don't bars. go to bars, but okay, these women are not out there in sweatpants and hoodies. Mm-hmm. I think if all women went to the bar wearing sweatpants and hoodies. The females would care less if the husbands went there. <laughs> Just saying. I ain't gonna lie. I go out to the bar, man. I hooch it up. I don't mm. give a shit. So women want to hooch. They want to dress sexy as hell when they go to the bar. Even though they don't have any ulterior motive. Even if they don't have any ulterior motive. And that's they dress, where the guy... They dress for success when they go to a bar. Why is that, though? Because you love being looked at. Mm-hmm. Whether you're going to do anything is one thing, but you like to get attention when you walk into a bar. Okay, at least I do. <laughs> well, you're a special kind of stupid. That's why, because, you know, you want all the attention. <laughs> I do. And you actually get pissed when you're not, a su- you know, the center of attention. I know. I get mad. I'm like, dude, there were even customers from my work at the bar, and, like, nobody talked to me. I felt like a real fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> so I came home. Right. I like going into a bar when there are people that know me because then I don't have to pay for shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happens a lot. So that's why other women get upset when a man goes into a bar. Uh-huh. Because that man's going to be seeing some good-looking girl, maybe buy her a drink, chat it up a bit, even though that's completely innocent. Mm-hmm. Buying somebody a drink, you ain't cheating. Having a conversation, you ain't cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... She wants to suck you off. Me opinion, my opinion, that ain't cheating. <laughs> That's just me. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. But if you're going out in the back and you're fucking, you got problems. Right. Where's the next biggest place women worry about their men going? You know, you have your bar. Where else would you worry about? Me? I don't know. Uh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking Anyone as a in general? woman. I don't know. Because, shoot, you can get hit on in the grocery store nowadays. Or at the gym. Or, well, yeah, the gym. You go to the gym and you always bitch and moan when you used to go all the time about how you got hit on all the time. By like the way, you know what? Market. It is. By the way, I'm going to be freaking going back to my workouts and stuff. I think, uh, you know, somewhat of my... Uh, you know, nerves have healed from weightlifting hardcore, and I'm going to get back into my hardcore weightlifting freaking uh, routine. And if the knee don't hold up, just cut it off. Okay. We will amputate. You don't want to live that I way. I don't want to live that way. Okay. Got you. So uh, we're going to go into uh, Scientology when we get back. 
broken wings I can't give up I can't give in When all is lost in daylight ends I'll carry you And we will live forever Forever Forever
Brotherhood and Betrayal is an in-depth look at the trials and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't give the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happened. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari Brotherhood and Betrayal. So how do you like the Rockin' with Hollywood and Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem show? Unbelievable. I love you people. I hear them a lot. They're as talented as anybody and any players anywhere. You're listening to WMMRDB Rock On. So anyway, I was sitting there and I seen a story about Katie Holmes. Now, Katie Holmes used to be a badass actress. Until she met Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the biggest schluck around. What does anybody even see in him? He is not attractive. Not attractive. You know what? He's a decent actor, but he is like the spokesman for Scientology. Now, Scientology is, you know, by Ron L. Hubbard, and he, he wrote a bunch of freaking freaky stupid books. Okay, about aliens and shit like that. Well, like anything, uh, movie stars and stuff like that gravitate towards that kind of bullshit. And Katie Holmes, she got screwed pretty bad, man. Now, I guess in Scientology, if, uh, you know, you break the rules or stuff like that, you're like an outcast and shit. So, uh, Katie Holmes has a daughter. And he even, how do you do that, man? Disown somebody like your daughter because your wife or ex-wife didn't like Scientology. He just disowned her. Because he's a piece of crap. He is a piece of crap. And Katie Holmes says now that she's going to be taking revenge on silent, uh, Scientology and she's going to be coming clean about Tom Cruise. <laughs> Hell yeah! And it's going to be called uh, Tom and Katie Finally the Truth About Surrey and Scientology in a recent issue A New Idea. Uh, she's uh, Now Surrey is the kid. That's the daughter, yeah. That's the daughter. Yeah. And she's coming into adulthood and this kind of asshole did this to her because he's a piece of crap uh-huh. it shouldn't matter what you what your beliefs are mr tom cruise and i guess that is your daughter and i guess that he had a freaking gag order on her from the divorce where she couldn't speak yep but i guess it's coming up where she can speak out and stuff uh for those that don't and this scientology even has its own paramilitary navy. It's called Sea Org. And I guess they serve, you know, on a yacht. Okay? <laughs> That's how messed up this shit is, man. Uh, let's see here. Some of their beliefs here. Man is a mortal, spiritual being. His experiences extend well beyond a single lifetime. It's kind of, You know what? They even took the cross of Christians as their symbol. Do you believe that? Why would they take the cross as their symbol? That's what these people do. And you know what? Let's see if I can play a little uh, deal here. What is Scientology? Oh, okay. Of course, it don't. 
play it uh, the way that, you know. Anyway, uh, now here's who this L. Ron Hubbard is. Uh, he's a dude that wrote these, it's like a sci-fi deal. Uh, you know, among the other landmark journeys, uh, 1952, Ron, uh, L. Ron Hubbard became the first to scientifically isolate, measure, and describe the human spirit. Really? How the hell did you do that? What a fucking moron, man. And these are the same people that don't believe in pills for depression and all that type of stuff. They say it's your soul that's all screwed up and shit like that. Uh, but this is the, some of the stuff that uh, people believe in. And especially, you know, you have what, uh, John Travolta's a part of this thing. That I did not know. And, uh, what is it, uh, Christy Alley is a part of this. And, and, and Graystar, and don't forget, uh, Graystar posted, uh, Leah Remney, she did a whole series about it. Yeah, she left, man, and boy, were they vicious. And I guess one of the things to be a part of Scientology is you got to tell them something that's very personal to you. And basically what it is, is if you leave like, you know, Remy did, they use that against you. Mm -hmm. That ain't a freaking church. That ain't even a religion, if you ask me. You know, that's a cult. It's like the Heaven's Gate cult, all them that killed themselves when that hail bombing came. I think it's stupid. But it's these type of people... That actually run the movie industry, and it's even more scary as some of our politicians are part of this. What? They believe uh, Scientology is like a new world order or a new age religion, they say. That's stupid. It, it's insane. And then they believe that you might have been an alien or some shit like that. <laughs> Well, according to you, women are. <laughs> no, women are vipers. They're they're sent from no, Satan himself. No, you said himself. yesterday I was an alien because of my, uh, because the clitoris has legs. It does. Yeah, you said yeah, you said I'm an alien. <laughs> but women are freaking vipers from hell. The Satan himself sends you guys here to torture men. Look what Eve did to Adam. It's because of that bitch that we're you know living this kind of shit. It happens. Yeah, it happens. You know, that's <laughs> that's what you guys say. I don't know what it is with women, but you're. I just don't get it. What? You know, it's no wonder men cannot find. You know, figure out a woman. We like men. We just like them our way. Your way. <laughs> Your way. You're just not trainable. But it is very interesting that uh, Katie Holmes, she's finally going to reach out and give the dirt on Tom Cruise because I really do believe he's a cocksucker. Uh, that's why Nicole Kidman, she left him. Because they were smart by leaving him. He's a douchebag. Well, that, but yeah. Nicole Kidman's an awesome actress. Yes, she is. And and did you notice her career went up? It went up as soon as she left him. leaving him. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. And they use bodyguards and every damn thing uh, with him. They don't want anybody talking to him. Can't touch Tom Cruise. Right. Wouldn't want to. Old ass bastard, man. <laughs> I swear, he's done a lot of movies, right? I only like two. Which ones? Risky Business. Right. And <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah. 
Well, other than that, to be good. honest with you, I don't know what the hell he was in. Exactly. I don't even know. <laughs> right. I don't even care. But, you know, for those that are thinking about Scientology, you guys are smoking better dope than I am, okay? Uh, you know, I'd be careful with these cults and stuff like that when they tell you, hey, you can't uh, talk to your family or your kids. You know what? You're weak-minded people is what I can say, and I'm sorry to say it that way, but you are weak-minded people. Anyway, tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock, uh, we have a live stream going on over on our YouTube channel. And then tomorrow night, we got a members-only type of deal in Discord, don't we? Yes, we do. 7 p.m. Central Standard 7 Time. 7 p.m. Central. And then uh, Sunday night, we're going to have a members-only live stream on uh, YouTube, uh, and uh, we'll let you guys know how the campground looks, what kind of route we came up with for the uh, rumble in the woods and stuff. I know China Doll's really looking forward to that. Make sure you guys uh, let her know uh, if you're coming to that or not. I know a lot of people reserved it, the camp spots, but let us know just in case what's up so we'd plan the ride accordingly and uh, have some fun that weekend. And if you're a new member and you still want to come to the Rumble, you still can. Yes, you can. There's still spots. You just uh, go ahead and email uh, or DM China Dow on Discord and she'll get you all the information that you need. Yes. Awesome stuff. Mm. And don't forget, women, take your jealousy elsewhere, man, because us men ain't hearing it. <laughs> Dang! You know what? I gotta talk like Joe Biden. You know what? You either wear a mask or you, you know, either wear a mask or you don't. You know, whatever. Right? You know, yeah. uh, it happens. It is what it is. Anyway, uh, I'll see you guys uh, who ain't joining us this weekend on Monday. Talk to you guys later. Bye.